Hello and welcome to a, I'll call it a, a worrying edition of the Warriors All-82 podcast. I brought the great Nate Duncan on because the Warriors have lost now five in a row, 0-4 on the homestand. Steph Curry has a knee injury that, you know, is not going to keep him out much longer, might even play Saturday. Uh, Gary Payton rolled his left ankle and it was a pretty big, you know, bad roll. He had a walk and boot post game. We'll see. He's probably going to miss some time. Draymond Green is suspended for at least four more games. And uh, Clay Thompson is in a deep shooting slump. He went one of ten tonight. Andrew Wiggins actually had a, one of his better, certainly his better offensive games of the season. Um, but again, zero and four on the homestand, five straight losses, six and seven overall. They play a Thunder team Saturday again that just pounded them. Nate Duncan, I throw it to you. Uh, what's 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 your uh, concern level? I think it's got to be pretty high at this point uh, because. Yeah, I think while this team actually probably has better depth than they've had in the past, it just the stars are not performing. I mean, you know, we can. I think I do think it's worth talking at some point about Draymond and Kerr's kind of changed tone about him. Uh, but other than Steph Curry, like who is playing well on this team right now among the old stalwarts? Like really nobody, right? Yeah, um, I think Draymond actually looked okay. Uh, I think his, I mean, obviously he needs to get into better shape. He would tell you that. Um, but, and so, so some of like, he, he wasn't at his fiercest defensively, but that felt like, a, Hey, he's working himself there. Uh, less than like, Oh, he's declining. He's actually hitting the three. I thought he was playing with like the type of aggressiveness you need to see from him offensively. Um, so my, the answer to that question would have been, you know, I think Draymond when he's been, legally able to be on the floor has been solid enough to where you still think he's like not in decline. I mean, the Clay Thompson stuff, it's just weird with Clay because honestly, if you go look at his first like whatever, 12, 14 games last season, it was like just as bad and almost just as bad in a more destructive way because he was a thirstier shot taker and it culminated uh, last year. Me, remember, they start three and seven. It, it's Snowball and the Wiseman, the Jamichael, all, you know, all that gets wrapped into it. But Clay, who didn't play pickup over the summer, right, that, that, before that year um shot it so poorly and then had the game in phoenix where he was like chucking threes to try to get himself going and draymond's doing the like hands over his head and they had to have like a meeting in the locker room like it was getting that bad then randomly in like mid to late november he hits 11 threes in houston and it his season's off and he january december and january of last season were two the two best scoring months of his career so i don't know what to think on clay yet because yet certainly what we've seen is a player that looks in steep decline but he also kind of did this last season at this exact same time yeah i guess he had an excuse though last year well, he just didn't play pickup. And this year he was like, I played a lot of pickup. And I, he, yeah. <laughs> everyone was saying how good he was looking coming into camp. No, I, I think so. I, I The biggest thing that's concerning to me is he basically had five days off before this game, right? And we've seen, you know, it, it, they've kind of wanted to rest him last last year and coming off the injury. And, uh, you know, he's looked better generally when he's had more rest. But... I mean, he just he couldn't get any separation. He couldn't even get a shot off. Like, he couldn't get a remotely clean look. Now, I thought the Thunder did a really nice job of defending him. And part of how he used to get open was his interaction with Looney, right? Like, you'd have Steph and Draymond on one side, Clay coming off the Looney pin down the other side, and teams now are just blitzing Clay 
there because they're not worried about Looney as a threat, particularly without staff uh, in the game. So that was a little bit of a problem. But I mean, you know, they started Sharich and like they they were set up to maybe be a little bit better uh, for him, and he just like could not get free. I mean, I, again, like him having the best defensive player on the other team instead of the second best, like that does matter. But uh, I mean, I think you can say all right, he's gonna if he's gonna make. I think he'll make the shots when he gets them. It's just that he hasn't really been getting like great yeah, looks his, and great separation. His shot attempts are down like four or five per game, and you could look at that one way, like, "Hey, he's being more patient. He's not like over. You're not chucking." But also, it might be a little bit of what you're saying. He's just like the inability to to, to get to the shot. Um, you know, you would expect him to be fresh. I don't know if you noticed, he had a he had kind of tape a piece of tape on the bottom of his knee and he had that I don't know he fell early in the game and he was like really kind of grimacing and grabbing at it a little bit I you know again who knows I mean this guy who's had two massive injuries um but he thought like every time I talk to him he talks about how good he feels um and he's super you know you can imagine knowing the personality and just looking at the stats he's like extremely frustrated and I think in some ways a little confused about why he's not making shots right now because the other thing is He's also missing the shots he does get. Yeah. Uh, well, I would say the reason he missed shots today is because he, the ones that he did take were terrible shots. Like he just was trying to, when he they did run the play for him, he felt like he had to shoot, and he probably was right about that given who else was available. But uh, yeah, I mean, like there, there he had someone just in his grill pretty much every shot. Yeah, and I mean, you know, like Lou Dort's on him a bunch, and like that is a tough matchup for him. That's probably one of like the better guys in the league, just profile wise, that would defend him. But, yeah, one of ten. Um, and, you know, it creates these awkward scenarios where it's like, you know, Moses Moody doesn't play in the first quarter, even though Moses Moody's been good this season. And, and they're shorthanded, so you're like, well, shouldn't this be a night? You would expect him to play a lot. Then Moses Moody enters to open the second quarter, plays so well that Kerr plays him the entire second quarter. He had like ten points, hit a couple threes, a block, active. They're plus eight in his minutes. Um, and you're sitting there going like, you know, like Moses Moody's like right now like, playing better than clay thompson but also like we understand what this era is and who clay is like you're not just gonna like make a lineup change all of a sudden so i don't know it's kind of a because what you're mentioning is right like you do think this team's deeper but all of a sudden the stalwarts are looking like worse than the depth below them right now and he's gonna turn 34 very shortly and like clay is not an all-time level of superstar the way steph curry is and frankly, and injuries, you know, yeah, the, the, as well. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, and you might say, oh, he was never like that reliant on athleticism, but uh, you know, that then sometimes that means that you don't have as much uh, to lose. So we'll see. I, I think he could be better than he has been. And he still provides some value defensively more on bigger players now. Um, but, you know, I, I thought the other thing that there are two other things I thought were kind of interesting from this game. Number one is, Defensively, I, I liked that they started Wiggins and that they started Kaminga together. Uh, and part, and I honestly think the highest upside lineup that the Warriors could put out there in the playoffs would be Wiggins and Kaminga together with Draymond, Clay, and Steph at the end of games, because you have enough size, enough defensive switchability, there, hopefully enough athleticism that. 
you can put together. And then you also have the ability to like get out and transition a little bit more where they're terrible. You, you know, the Warriors are 29th coming in today in transition frequency. So what's interesting about that and it's something I'd need to dig into more and like literally ask about, but um, they went, they were one of the stats that Steve Kerr pointed out in his exit interviews, pointed out in preseason, pointed out when you talk to them about the, the additions they made over the yeah, summer was that they were number one in transition frequency and, and like inefficient. Yeah. And their turn, turnover percentage was insane. And it was like they, they had the thought they needed to completely throttle it back, play protective basketball. But what you seem to be indicating, like you think they've throttled it way too far back. Well, Jordan Poole, for all of his warts, he would at least push the pace. He would do some stupid shit yes, in transition would. for sure. But the other guy who really historically has gotten them running is Draymond. Yeah. And he hasn't really been playing much and he hasn't been in great shape. And also, you know, he's going to turn 34, I think, this year too. So uh, that's probably a lot to ask for a guy who's 34, particularly during you know on a night-to-night basis in the regular season. And also considering that he's responsible for being their leader and bringing the intensity on defense as well. So, and Chris Paul, of course, he's, you know, a much slower guy. Like he's trying to run to the extent that he can, but he's also been literally been told like your job here is to slow us down. (laughs) So, so yeah, I I mean, when he has the opportunity, I think he has been trying to run. Um, So, and and then, yeah, I mean, so, so that was one thing, but, but I thought like the starting lineup actually worked. Like they defended a very difficult to defend thunder team pretty decently like they had size uh, across the lineup they're able to switch pretty well you know chris paul can hold up in the post so they're doing they were switching one through five at times with that starting group even with sharich and they contained the thunder you know the beginning of the first beginning of the third were their two best stretches of the game end of end of the first uh, or, or end of the first half as well and then they took both wiggins and kaminga out for times they went with these guards and, and they were getting killed uh defensively and you know the thunder also made you know 70% of their threes in competitive force. Isaiah game, so. Joe, seven to seven, the pick and pops are killing them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they had some miscommunications on that too. And also, like, Thunder transition killed them. That's how they got a lot of these open yeah. threes. So that was one takeaway. Takeaway number two I had, though, is in this time when Steph Curry is out, they got to get more Kaminga and Moody. And not that those are guys that you run everything through because they're not really great passers. Kaminga can play one on one, kind of in an advantage situation. Yeah. But he's not, you know, someone you throw the ball to unless he has a mismatch in the post or something. But those guys still can score, like against a scrambled defense, in transition. You saw it a few times tonight with Kaminga. Yeah, Yeah, getting an offensive rebound. Like they just need guys who, okay, you you have the action on one side. They're loaded up on clay. You swing it to Kaminga or Moody on the weak side, and they'll drive and make a player or. Moses Moody will just shoot the ball, even though he's like slightly contested. Like they'll actually, they can actually get a shot up and have a decent chance of making it. There's not a lot of guys who are out there like that right now for Golden State. No, I mean it's like Corey Joseph swinging it to Pajemski, to Chris Paul, to yeah. operate a pick and roll with Looney, to Looney who swings it to Saric, and yeah, no, I agree. I mean Saric is like. It's been a lot of Dario Saric for this team. And, like, you know, again, he's probably been, like, their third, fourth best offensive player at times. Um, So, Kaminga, he starts tonight, and I thought it was a good move, uh, not only because of what you're mentioning, but just, like, they need to inject this guy with confidence and aggressiveness. starting Saric also. I think starting Saric is the other thing. Like, playing Kaminga and Looney together probably wasn't going to work, and then we've talked extensively about the Paul Looney fit and and how that isn't a good one either. So, 
like they're trying. I don't. And these next four games without Draymond are an opportunity for them. I think they should start coming all four games, and you know, really doing how many minutes did Kaminga play tonight? You got the box score. Twenty-seven, and he would had twenty-one points, eight of thirteen, four of five from the foul line. Yeah. Um, how do you think he's playing overall, though? I, I thought he was good tonight. You know, he turned it over four times. But, like, yeah, he gives them some athleticism in transition. And I thought, you know, when he's matched up one-on-one against a Shea Gillis-Alexander or a, a Jalen Williams, like, he's provides credible one-on-one defense. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, okay, so, but that creates a, a larger question because, like, the grander picture of the season includes Draymond in there, Steph in there, a fuller rotation, where in the fuller rotations, Kaminga hasn't been able to find more than, you know, 15 minutes at times. Uh, Moody is, a, you know, same thing. Like, w- where and how do you play Kaminga more uh, when Draymond's back? Yeah, I think it's at the expense of Sharich and Looney. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, this is a question for you, too. Can I ask you this here? How many players on this Warriors roster do you trust to guard a solid perimeter score on the other team one-on-one in an isolation? I would say three, right? Wiggins, you know, if he's at least somewhat himself, which we can talk a little bit about Wiggins, but, you know, you better be able to trust Andrew Wiggins at some point. Kaminga. Yeah. And Gary Payton, the second. Well, and you put Draymond in that category. Yes, yes. Draymond and Looney's no longer very switchy, but, you know, you still trust him in action. But I know what you're, you're talking about literally just like in one-on-one scenarios. Clay no longer. I mean, Clay, you're, we're talking perimeter, like quicker scores, right? Clay, like now in a post-up, you don't mind. He, remember, he guarded Kevin Durant kind of decently yeah. opening night. But if you put him on Devin Booker, you don't like that. No, no. Yeah, I mean, like Shea Gilles Alexander being kind of like the archetype or uh, like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, so. it's three. It's Gary Payton, Wiggins, and, and Kaminga. Yeah, and so I, I think you really, if you're going to get – serious about winning like a high level game or a playoff game you gotta have at least two of those guys out there to close the game because they're just they're too many holes to to plug otherwise and you know these guys aren't that explosive anymore on offense right like to, to make up for that like this is not looking like it's going to be like I think they have a better chance of being really good on defense than really good on offense I think that's fair. I mean, and in a lot of ways, that's why they won the title a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, they won it with being, I think, two in defense. And what were they? I think they were like 11th or something in offense that season. Yeah, and they were, I mean, I think because Steph didn't play that much, I think they actually ended up being like, you know, 15th or something. But they were, yeah, but in the playoffs, they were awesome defense. Like, they, yeah. they did a, a really good job against Boston and obviously against uh, Dallas and Luka. Yeah, and this is where like Draymond needs to get back and have a great season, and it's and like it was it was already a stalled season for unfortunate circumstances for him, right? The sprained ankle, but now it's you know we could talk a little bit about the Draymond suspension Please. if you want. Let, let's do it because look, like Steve Kerr, I thought had, I would say this is the first time that he has reached this point of the rhetoric where. There's an acknowledgement that like Draymond actually like has a problem. I would say it's the second time. Uh, go listen to his post Jordan Poole punch press conference. Well, I felt like that was more 
he did something really bad that was out of character, like unforgivable, but out of character. Like, I think that was like, this is like when he said Draymond crossing the line. And when, I'm not talking about crossing the line, like getting ejected. I'm talking about like physical, what it, was the quote, physical violence or something yeah. like that? That's, I mean, for, for a guy, but then. He kind of said the same thing after the pool punch. I mean, he punched okay. his like young guard. Yeah, but he never like in theory hadn't done anything like that before. I mean, obviously that was that was ridiculous, but it does seem like this is and uh, I guess, but from Draymond's standpoint, right? Like he's you know gets suspended for stomping on Sabonis. He you know punches Jordan Poole and ruins last season, and he gets rewarded with the hundred million dollar contract. And then he comes into camp out of shape, and I don't think the injury had to do with that necessarily, but. He like well, it stalled and, everything, and, and now you know. Then he gets ejected on Saturday, and now he he has this happen again. But it's just, but you said it again. Like he, they need him to have a great season. Like they still like there's no way to hold him accountable. Yeah. Um, well, he wins some games. That's why they gave him the contract. Uh, and there's a belief like he'll you know he he'll be there when it matters. And you know six and seven and. I think sometimes this team still, and I think they they were at fault for it a lot last year, and we'll see. Maybe this becomes a problem for them again this year, but they kind of operate patiently in the regular season because of their history, right? Particularly, we're ta- I'm talking the Kevin Durant years where it was like they could cruise at times during the regular season. There was always this idea that, like, we'll, we'll be there when it matters, um, where that, I think – where you hear the urgency in Steve Kerr tonight is like, we need him for these five games in the front part of the season where Draymond prime Draymond, Kevin Durant era Draymond was like, I'll be great in March, April and June. And you believed him at the time. And you know, last year he was like third in defensive player of the year last year. Like he had a really good year, but again, he was had a contract on the line. So it's not completely, you know, and again, I, like I talked about it earlier, I actually think he's playing pretty well. He's just got to stay on the floor. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, again, he's empowered. The contract gives him leeway. Um, it's not It's not good for them that he's going to miss these five games. But also, like, I don't know. I think it's actually kind of good for Kaminga to get these minutes. Yep. And as long as he comes back. And, you know, the one thing about last year, obviously the punch of pool derailed it in a lot of ways from a chemistry standpoint and like really derailed Jordan Poole's season. At this point, you can say maybe like his career is kind of like off kilter. Um, but I actually thought it straightened Draymond out from a, like he played really well and you could tell like he was really focused after that. And maybe this five game suspension, like he spends the next 10 days, like trying to get in like as good a physical shape as he can. And I, you know, maybe he comes out like sharp. I could see that. Yeah, I, I mean, I could see it too. Uh, you, you never know. It just every time one of these things happens, it makes me think it's more likely that he maybe doesn't ride off into the sunset. You know, th- I'm th- done that saying it, that because I remember literally having a podcast after he punches pool, and they have these like in like all the press conferences where it's Bob Myers coming out and Steve Kerr coming out and saying a lot of the stuff like in, with much more force than you heard. Draymond has a 40-minute thing and he's on a last year of his deal and, and we're going on these podcasts like, it's over for Draymond Green with the Warriors. Like, well, this, this I, I is over. Said, I, I didn't say I said it's more like, with every incident, it kind of becomes more likely 
But, I mean, like, it, it's not going to happen until they don't need him on the floor. But once he can't perform on the floor anymore and he keeps acting like that, like, like there's going to be a point when he can't, like, why is he back? Because he performed. He played himself there. But, and I agree. But I think it's always that's always been the case. And he's always been of the belief, like, I'm going to play myself. Yeah. And, and but but he won't be, he won't be that good 3 years from now when he's finishing out that contract like if he keeps acting like this I, I don't, 3 years from I, now I don't necessarily yeah. disagree because obviously everyone kind of fades but also I mean I bet we could go when he signed the the deal he just came off I bet your analysis of Draymond when he signed the well, I think it was like a 4 year 99 million dollar you know whatever it was I bet your analysis then was like by year three and four of that, he's going to fade away. Like he's actually held the line on who he is as a player longer than most analysts would have expected, I would say. No, I agree with you on that. But still, like at 33, it was possible. At 37, I mean, like he could still possibly be like effective, but. I don't think he's going to be you know, in the defensive player of the year conversation. And if he's not that and he still is doing shit like this, then it's like, you know, what is your tolerance level? But uh, sorry for that digression. Um, <laughs> it's all good. Uh, yeah. What else about this team? I am pods just uh, still liking what he's bringing. I thought I, I realized he's he was like minus 26. Then. Yeah, it wasn't. His, I, I don't think it was his fault, though. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I thought like. He actually, like, kind of bothers guys, like, in transition a little yeah. bit. He's sort of, like, sometimes he'll jump with, like, some verticality. He actually can get up a little bit off of two feet. That's part of how he's a good rebounder. But he's also, like, always looking to take the charges. So I think sometimes he confuses guys by, like, okay, is, is this guy going to, like, jump? Or is he going to, like, undercut me and maybe, like, you know, injure me or take the charge or what? Like, so he and he's definitely always looking to do that. So I, I think he's totally passable on defense, and you know the shots starting to come around the last two games. So like I, I and I would actually I guess my final point on him would be, you don't have to play jo- Corey Joseph just because Chris Paul came out of the game, or like, like Steph Curry's not playing. Yeah, basically, like I, I think I think Pods can like bring the ball up against the incredible ball pressure of Isaiah Joe, and then you know they get into like more of a continuity in the half court. Like I I don't think Corey Joseph. I, Who's shot like he's he's actually been more aggressive, Joseph, than I ever recall him being shooting the three. I think maybe someone just told him to do that, but he's just one of a guy who like needs a ton of time and space, and maybe he can make it then. But he's been like way off of it. He's I think he's shooting a higher percentage on threes that hit the backboard than threes that don't <laughs> at this point. So, to me, the question with Pajemski right now is like where fully healthy rotation. Where does he slot into the rotation? Because it's like it might be a Pajemski like Moody question. Yeah, that did occur to me. Uh, now, if Peyton is going to be out, then that opens up uh, some more room as well. I think Peyton. It's, it's disappointing that he got hurt because he was actually, you know, I think one of the few guys who's really been in form so yeah. far. This like, like he was. I thought in that first Oklahoma City game, he was unbelievable down the end, and so uh, I, I think. You know, so so they'll probably. I mean, realistically, someone's always going to be hurt at, at this point. But uh, you know, Pods like he'll at least can rebound a little bit. Like he plays a little bit bigger. I think there'll be times when he would be a better fit, maybe than Moody. When you kind of need to just get like you need a little bit more ball handling and distribution. If you just need like a, a more size and a better shooter, then maybe a, it's Moody. So I, I could see that kind of alternating based on the matchups. But I think both those guys are good. Like both of those guys are rotation quality players in the NBA and if the guys who are like getting paid 
you know, well into eight figures can perform like those guys, either of them can be a quality supporting piece during the regular season. Last one. How does Chris Paul look to you? He finally, you know, he's been hitting the jumper better lately. What did he go, like four or six from three tonight? Yeah, only took eight shots. Um, how does he look to you? He's having trouble getting to that mid-ranger, and, you know, particularly in the Minnesota game. I mean, he, there was a brief period where he kind of tried to take over and be like, take over Chris Paul. Like, even a tough team for him, too, right, with all that length. Well, exactly, yeah. And also, we talked about the loony fit as well. I think there's been – I've been – We've been saying, I think, on, on this show and elsewhere, that you know, trying to get him some minutes with TJD would be nice. Uh, you know, I think we haven't really gotten to see Paul, you know, playing with Draymond at center hardly at all yet. Like, what would that look like? But like, Chris Paul is a great pick and roll player. They desperately need a way to like generate some more shots, and so, and some of these lineups just had no shooting, and they're playing against Minnesota with a lot. Of, length and this the thunder were switching everything i mean chris paul can't beat a switch anymore at this point in his career so there'll be other better matchups but they when he gets that matchup they have to put him in position to succeed with like a center who can do something maybe that's Draymond. it could be tjd it can't be looney maybe it could be sharich a little bit but then you also need like enough shooting around those two guys um so like i think he's doing fine like he's they didn't bring him in to play 35 minutes and score 20 points a game like again i don't think he's been the problem i think he's he's playing well enough that to like perform the role that he was brought in to do i agree uh okay well unless you got any other thoughts on this team i mean i I feel like we went down the list of concerns for the six and seven warriors which i would say one of their non-concerns right now is it's a crowded west where just feels like everyone's kind of going through it you know besides denver really uh, and you know Minnesota, but it's it doesn't feel like the conference is running away from them, is what I would say. Well, and the eight and four Oklahoma City Thunder, who will be back in Chase Center Saturday night. You're right, the Thunder look great. How, yeah. if you had to guess the Thunder seed right now, what would you guess? <sighs> yeah, that's interesting. Never want to overreact, but I mean these guys have times where they look really, really good. Uh, I, I mean, they have some liabilities in terms of their size. Like the Warriors beat them up on the boards. They're not going to shoot 70% from three. But they've got a lot of good players uh, on this team. I, I just They're, they're, they're going to struggle some with consistency. But they got a lot of talent. And they, like, they, they are a team that I think is more than the sum of their parts. Whereas a lot of teams, maybe even this Warriors team included, are kind of less yeah. right now. So I, they And they've got like... Their underlying numbers are real good. Like, I'd say maybe, like, you know, over under 6.5. That's a pretty important threshold. And, what would, what, well, so you set the line. What would you, would you take the over? Will they avoid the play? No, I don't think. But I think, you know, seven could could certainly be a possibility. Like, I, I mean, they could absolutely At get At this point, I think, yeah, that's what I think. I think they're I think they're potentially a top six team. I think the guard-to-guard stuff they do, they're really just smartly coached. I'm actually writing a story probably in the next week about their this guard-to-guard screen action they do that just confuses teams and just puts them in difficult situations. I just think they're sharp. Dagnall really knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a key in the regular season. And they just beat teams. They, they defend well enough, right? They're top 10 in defense, even though, you know, 
they don't necessarily they're not loaded with defensive personnel but uh yeah okay and they always play a center who can shoot yeah and that really makes the like that's the biggest thing too is you, they never have some schlub out there is just standing under the basket like it's just so hard to get your rim protection in position Holmgren actually had a good, a good quote about that today of like how it's kind of difficult for other teams to deal with I might have to use it all right um we will talk to you maybe after the next Thunder game maybe after the Rockets come in here will the Warriors go 0-6 on this homestand it is on the table we will talk later